welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, former chronic illness sufferer turned trusted health practitioner. My passion is helping people to identify and address the root causes of their symptoms through my online business, Viva Natural Health. If you're struggling with confusing or stubborn symptoms that just won't go away despite your best efforts, then you're in the right place. If I can heal from a long list of symptoms and conditions, including cystic acne, hair loss, severe food reactions, and brain fog, then you can heal too. Stay tuned for weekly episodes that share expert guest interviews, Q&A, and solo episodes that are all intended to help you wherever you're at on your healing journey. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only, and it's not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. I am switching it up a little bit today and we're moving away from the nutrition talk actually to more business stuff because I get this question all the time and I have done for years now in terms of my journey to become a nutritional therapist, a naturopath and business advice in general, so I thought I would do an episode and I'm going to combine some questions in here as well that I got on Instagram. I did a little poll yesterday and just gathered a few questions in here which I'll be covering at the end. So first part I want to go through exactly what I said, my journey, so why why I decided to become a practitioner, where I studied at um, and became became certified as a nutritional therapist here in the UK and then additional things that I've done afterwards that have helped me get the knowledge that I have. And yeah, it might be a long one, um, but if you're listening to this and you obviously are intrigued, I know I used to listen to things like this all the time um, because I felt like I wanted to practice. And then when I started hearing more, I was like, yeah, this sounds like it's for me. So maybe you are a practitioner yourself, you're already qualified, maybe you're wanting to do some more training or maybe you're brand new and this could even spark some interest for you to look deeper into what it takes to become a practitioner. So starting off, this is just my experience. So this isn't how you have to do it. Um, And there's different courses and other ways to go, but this is what I've done um, in my experience. So yeah, take everything that I say as not like you have to do this. It's just how I did. So starting off in my childhood and teens, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I always knew that I wanted to help people, though. So I thought about being a nurse or a teacher or a social worker or um, a nursery nurse, just different things like that. But everything was kind of under the same category as healer, carer, etc. So at school, um, for the last two years, we had to choose which form of science that we wanted to go down if we wanted to do like more biochemistry um physiology that type of thing or if we wanted to do more health and social care I think that's what happened but yeah I I just don't remember studying things like biochemistry in my last two years of school so instead I was doing health and social care and that was really again focused on things like nursing social work and childcare, and I did enjoy it and most of my friends did that that course as well so uh, we just had a really good time in all of the lessons Um, but I then because I was in that class I then just went to college um, to study further in health and social care and that was a two or three year course and I ended up only doing one year because I soon realized that it just wasn't what I wanted to do I didn't really want to be dealing with sick patients in hospital or dealing with blood or vomit or anything like that I'm pretty squeamish so I um I knew though I w- I'd like to learn about health and diet but I didn't want to go doing the dietitian route and work in a hospital so things were kind of coming together but I just still was unclear as to what the options were um I think I maybe thought of being a personal trainer but I wasn't that into exercise and fitness at the time I was definitely involved but more for just my own interests I don't think I'd want to talk to someone in that area but just shows how everything works out in the end because after that first year the course was actually pretty terrible as well the lectures were always late um it was in a town the next town to where I am but I'd have to get the bus in and then it was just like peak time traffic 
Uh, so it would take like all day um, to actually get there, do the course, and it just wasn't even worth being in the lecture. So I didn't really enjoy that aspect either. I remember one day we had to we had to stay until 5 p.m. even if we'd finished all of our work or um, the lecturer hadn't turned up, they'd keep us in there, which is pretty terrible. But one day we were just playing hangman from like 4 till 5 p.m., and I wanted to get out so I could miss the traffic and be home earlier. So it didn't take me an hour and a half on the bus home. So that was like the final straw. I was thinking, right, I'm not going to do this any longer. So I finished the first year and then I just knew it wasn't meant to be. And then it was the year after that I went to America. And if you followed my story, you know that that is when my health deteriorated after that trip. So when I got back, I'd had like multiple food poisoning events um, exposure to some sort of tick-borne illness. I'd returned back to my home in the UK, which was mouldy, and I'd been on the pill and over-exercising and eating terribly for that entire summer. And then a f- only a few weeks later, because of that experience, and I was just so desperate to get home and eat healthy again, and I realised that what I'm doing physically and what I'm eating is having an effect on my symptoms. My dandruff was getting worse. My acne was getting worse. So I started to connect that food is much more than just energy and fuel and calories and weight related, but it's about yeah the quality of my sleep, my skin, my digestion, everything. And at that point, I couldn't really eat anything without being severely bloated. So within a few weeks, I was looking for a practitioner to help me with my symptoms. And I found someone locally she was in Manchester and I wanted to do an in-person one so her name was Dee and she did some testing I was like I'll get anything that you want because I was brand new to it and so she put me on all of these different supplements and lab tests and just my experience with her teaching me about the impacts of gut health and she found that I had parasites I was like wow my whole world has been opened up my eyes are open to this naturopathic holistic way to go because I'd spent then such a, a long time at hospitals. I deal, I'd dealt with her loss a few years before and no one was figuring out why I was shedding a ton of her. Um, now I know it was my hormones were off. I had PCOS. My blood sugar was all over the place. Again, the mold, so many different things. So pretty quickly, I just knew that it was what I wanted to do as well. So I was researching was a study nutrition and I didn't even know that this was a job I thought it was just the dietitian route in working hospitals working with people with diabetes putting them on a, a meal plan I didn't enjoy that aspect but I was really curious as to how illnesses developed and the, and the root causes like why did this person have this problem and then someone else has this other problem and much more than just the food as well I was drawn to the course that I eventually enrolled on because it was a more naturopathic approach. It was looking at things like stress and environment to some degree, definitely not as much as I know now, but that's why I went down the nutrition versus dietitian route. I think dietitians are much more um, praised and recognised in the health world. I don't know if it's different in other countries, but definitely in the UK. Um, And it's a bit more regulated of a term but I still stand by. I'm so glad that I didn't go to dietitian school or even bother going to university. I never went to university um, because I just wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I didn't want to pay tens of thousands of pounds on courses that I wasn't really confident that I wanted to continue with. So with the with my own health situation, that that that's a whole different episode. I've done many on them, but that was a process that was going on for years and years and years in the background but I knew that I wanted to study and I, I felt excited again because I'd gotten a little bit lost as to what I wanted to do in life. I was still quite young, I think 19, 20 when I, when I signed up and I was, I was searching and there was only two courses in the UK that I was considering. One of them was called the Institute of Optimum Nutrition, which was in London, but I think they had an online course. And then the other one was the one that I eventually went on, which is the College of Naturopathic Medicine, which had um, a place in London, but it also had one in Manchester, which was 30 minutes from where I live. And they did have a, a full-time course, which was only in London at the time. They had no online courses. I know that that's changed since I graduated. I think the year after I graduated in 2017, they 
opened up the um, online courses. I might have done that, but I actually really enjoyed the in-person part because I could meet friends and I still am in touch with a few of them now who I studied with. And it was just nice to, to get out and be in this little bubble and do the clinical things in person. So that was a three-year course and I chose the part-time option because there wasn't a full-time option in Manchester, otherwise I would have done that. And it was one weekend a month for three years. The first year was biomedicine and I had to do that because I hadn't done it at college or university. I hadn't studied in any way to be like a physio or anything. So I needed to understand the biochemistry aspect, which is basically what's going on at the cellular level in the body, all the different systems, cardiovascular system, reproductive system. And this first year, it was quite full on. And I had a benefit though, because I just come out of studies from college and a few years before high school. So my brain was still pretty fresh um, and used to the, the studying aspects, even though I did have severe brain fog at the time throughout my studies. Um, other people struggled more because they'd been in completely different industries or they've had years off work and studying because they've been raising children. Oh, they, they also had health issues. So I was in a pretty privileged position throughout that time. Um, and also because I was living at home, some people were literally traveling in from like Yorkshire or one woman was flying in from the Isle of Man every month to do the course. So I really take my hat off to those people. But for me, I enjoyed the whole course just the whole time. And it was just exactly what I wanted to do. It was difficult at times just with the coursework and stuff, but I I did do really well with the exams and the coursework, all of that. Um, I struggled a little bit because we had to do some clinical studies as well. So we had bio, biomedicine year one, and that group of people who signed up was really big. It was like 50 people. And then it really dropped off each year. Some people just couldn't hack it. They changed their mind. They got a refund. Um, so biomedicine was like a real challenge for some people. And then there was only a small group of us that actually got the whole way through to the end in one go. Some people deferred a little bit. But then in nutrition year one, that's when we started to learn about the stuff I actually wanted to. But it is it is useful to know about the cardiovascular system and everything, but we don't really need to know about the, the ventricles or chambers of the heart. I'm not bringing that up in clinical conversation in my day-to-day -day work. But then in year one, we learned about things like vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and hormones. And that's when we started to observe clinic clinics in the college. So a, a qualified practitioner would then take the clinic and we would sit as students in the back of the room and learn more about that and what questions they were asking or what protocols they were giving them. And then they'd come back a few weeks later and we could see that they've improved or not, what they struggled with. So that was a fun aspect. And then in nutrition year two, so the final year, that was for me the most enjoyable one because we started to learn like deeper things then, detoxification, digestive system, microbiome, um, lab testing. And that's when we as students could see clients. So it was um, overlooked by a qualified person again, but we had some members of the public come in, um, but we also swapped friends and families so that we would, I'd bring in like my mum and dad, and then someone else would bring in their sister, and we, I'd see their family, they'd see mine. And even though I was a little bit scared and nervous, because I was not good at public speaking or being in front of a, a, a room of people, doing a consultation, I found that aspect the hardest. I found it really easy to like come up with a, a plan and figure out what was going on and get everything done in time. Because that, that, um, experience that we had as well is very different to real life like in I think 90 minutes I had to have took a full session written all of these notes and papers come up with a plan and fed it back to the person in like an hour and a half two hours whereas in real life I could take like five hours before the call to, to prep and then take as long as I really want to on the call and afterwards to get the protocol to them so it's um, really got you to be time efficient and some people fail in that aspect but I, I quite enjoyed it and I remember I had there was three clients that you had to see in that final year and you had to really write reports on them and one of them looking back now I really think he had issues with mold because his main symptom was chronic sinusitis and at the time I think it said things 
like environment does play a role, but I was thinking more of his job. I think he was a mechanic or something with cars. So I was thinking maybe that was involved because um, it's quite, quite bad and he was really struggling. But he also had digestive issues. So I was linking the gut with the sinus problem. Um, and then I also said things like dairy products can be involved if you have an intolerance or sensitivity to dairy. But looking back now, I wish I would have known about mold for him and also for myself because I was dealing with it at that point. In total, with those two years, I had, a, I think, 200 clinical hours. I think it was 100 hours per year. And this really set this course apart from other ones. I don't know if things have changed. So this was 2017 that I qualified, so 2014 when I signed up. But I just knew right away from the um, open day that I went to and from what I'd read online, I think you just have to listen to that intuitive pull. And that's really guided me even with my work ongoing now. If I hear about something multiple times and it, it just so turned out that the practitioner that I was seeing, the for my health stuff in Manchester, I was asking her where did she study and she was actually the director of studies for CNN Manchester at the time. So it was very serendipitous and just worked out perfectly. And a lot of people asked and still do now about how I found dealing with health issues on the course. And I just got through it. I was also working part time, but I was also lucky to be living at home and not having to pay a mortgage and stuff. Um, so that took the stress out of it. I can only imagine how difficult it would be or challenging. We'll reframe. It would be to be doing the course, working full time and having raising kids and struggling with health issues all at once that is quite a lot but I definitely had the fatigue dizziness inflammation joint pain food reactions I would on the weekends it would be Saturday and Sunday once a month I would wake out wake up like two hours before I had to set off so that I could have a proper morning routine relax because I, I would feel quite anxious and stressed throughout the day just with answering questions or being put on the spot for certain things I had some social anxiety at the time so and make sure that I woke up and had a calming morning routine. I would um, take my lunch with me. So I'd make things like chicken and sweet potato and squash um, to take with me for my lunch because I didn't want to eat leftovers because my histamine reactions were so bad. I'd have my breakfast, have time to digest it. So the days were really long. They were nine till 10 till six, but with traffic and everything, it was just, yeah, it'd take pretty much all day. Um, and then the rest of the month, we were doing things like coursework. And at the in the final year, there was the final lecture, I think, was on business advice. And I was really excited for that because up until then, it was just learning about health. But it really doesn't teach, I don't know if it's changed, but it really doesn't teach you about running a business properly. It was like, go here if you want to buy a website or here's what you have to do, kind of to get started but it was just a day and it's just not enough and I really wish they'd emphasize that a little bit more so um and I've I've since lectured for CNM as well on the women's health lecture and I will say that I overall enjoy I really enjoyed it and I do recommend it I'm actually an affiliate for the college so I have a, a discount code that if someone signs up you get money off um, and I do get a commission from that as well. And I wouldn't do that like with anything if I didn't really believe in it. And I think the course overall is good and it's very holistic and it looks at all of these different factors and it gives you a good basic knowledge. But pretty much everything else that I know about parasites and trauma and mold exposure and mineral balancing and organic acid urine testing, mitochondria have come from additional research I thought when I'd left that college I knew everything but then you realize you know nothing and things are constantly evolving and changing so go into it with that mindset that you're just getting the qualification from here and, and it's good and you'll know a lot of stuff but you're not going to know everything and especially if you want to do more work like I do on the root cause of things they definitely didn't talk about things like mold in depth or parasites in depth or um, anything like that and some of the nutrition advice was a little bit outdated when I when I went to lecture a few years ago for women's health they were talking about the keto diet for PCOS and eating more vegan plant-based diet if you have endometriosis which I don't believe in and I did 
tell the students in the room that, that you obviously have to learn what's on the presentation slides to pass the exams. But in, in clinical practice in real life, it doesn't always translate over. So that can be a little bit difficult. And I think a lot of doctors might feel the same if they want to become a functional medicine doctor or more holistic doctor. They still have to go in the UK to medical school and then do extra work afterwards. So it's um, yeah, still holistic, but not as holistic as I personally would like. And I don't think the, the business advice or the just the coaching and mindset for the client, you don't really get much advice on that. So if someone's really struggling to implement something or they have trauma or they have disordered eating patterns, you don't really need you don't really learn about that too much. And I understand they can't cover everything in th those three years. But those are just my little bits of feedback. Um, even after I qualified, so I graduated in, I think, September or October 20, um, 2017. And I there was an option for me to do clinical supervisor for another 100 hours of experience. And I decided to do that for the Manchester group. Again, they'd, they'd shifted locations at that point, And I didn't really like the location that they were in. In Manchester but that was me then observing the students doing the clinics um, and or me being the practitioner for the year one seeing a person and giving them the protocol and the students were watching and learning from me then so I'm glad that I did that and then that allows you to then lecture for CNM which I did do um, for a few years after I got graduated and maybe in the third year of, of college I hosted some CPD events so continuous professional development events that we have to do as practitioners every year we have to get so many hours of um, training and learning whether it's in person or seminars or podcasts we have to log that and there was a, a company called ANP the Association for Naturopathic Practitioners it's like a um, I don't know if it's like a governing body but they have like different events going on webinars online and they were hosting some in Manchester at the college so I would host that, I think it was every week or every month on like a Tuesday evening from seven till nine-ish. Someone would come in and do a talk and I would like host them and in, in exchange for a free ticket, obviously, and just more experience. I really did it just so I, I was going to watch it anyway, so I might as well just say a few words. But I remember being really nervous before that. Um, I literally just said like, this is so-and-so, this is what they're talking about. And I was like, literally shaking. <laughs> But I was doing it for public speaking experience as well, because that was something that I really struggled with. And I think it helped. And then CNM asked me to do a workshop in Manchester um, a few years later. I can't remember the exact date, maybe like 2019, oh no, 2018, I think, on skin health. So I did that um, somewhere near the town hall in Manchester. And that was about an hour and... Yeah, if, you, if you're there, let me know, because that'll be really cool. But I talked about all different things then. And then I have since lectured twice for CNM for the Women's Health Lecture. And I've done some other things as well. I really like doing talks now. I actually like public speaking, which I never thought I'd say. But it really does come down to just keeping doing it, experience, even things like Instagram Lives or just going on stories every day. It really is just a matter of practice and you you get used to it over time and even when I'm like not on Instagram for a week and I go to store it's a little bit awkward so you just have to get into the swing of things but I've also done talks at my local chiropractor's office um, I've done wellness festivals gyms and I do enjoy and it's a good way to reach more people but if you're wanting to run an online business it's not absolutely necessary it does it can cross over so if you're wanting to do a podcast learning how to speak um helps either way but it's more if you have a clinical practice it is good to get into the local community but I like doing both and I've always thought I wanted to do more stuff in the community whether it's like workshops or whatever but we'll see we'll see how that goes so throughout my studies I worked part-time at a Sainsbury store I worked there since I was 17 or 18 and then for another almost two years after graduating in 2017 and for those two years, I was seeing some clients in person at a local acupuncturist clinic. So he specialized in fertility acupuncture and IVF support and had really good results. 
And I used to go to him just for general hormone balancing. That's like one of the main health things that I started off doing. And then he was, he knew that I was studying. And when I graduated, I think I asked him or maybe he asked me, did I want to see some of his clients and do some of the protocols for them? So he was doing their physical treatment. And then I was giving them some dietary advice and some supplements advice. And the first few people I didn't charge at all. And he was even saying like, you should be charging. I was like, no, no, I'm still, a, I'm still a student. And now I realize like, if someone's offering you the money, just take it. Um, because yeah, you're making a difference to their life. And they're going to value it more if they are investing in that too. So I still see a few clients now actually who came to see me in person, some from the local areas. So this was in Lee and people from like Bolton area came um, to see like Manchester. They'd travel down and yeah, I'm still working with a few of them now, which is cool. But then I, even though the clinic was five minute walk from where I was, I just didn't like it. It's just weird because I had to get permission to use the room and it, he was good because he just let me use it as and when I wasn't stuck with a specific day of the week that I needed to be in there and pay him and he charged me like five pound per session which is really good I wasn't in any contracts or anything but I just thought like the travel time to get there and um, if he overran with the client and the room was being used as a waiting room and then one time I think he forgot the key or he turned up late and then me and the client would have stood there waiting. And even just for efficiency, the client's traveling there, if there's traffic, it's so much better online and I really do love it. And I think I've seen a few clients online then and I always preferred that. But in 2019, I think it was summer 2019, I decided to make the leap and leave my Sainsbury's job. And I think at the same time, I decided to just do 100% online sessions just because it was just so much easier then. And it definitely when the pandemic and COVID hit in March 2020, I was like 100% online then. So I'd already had a bit of experience beforehand. And I was very hesitant to, to leave that job because even though it was part time, I was contracted to 16 hours, but I could be flexible and do more if needed, especially in the holiday times. They'd, they'd have me doing full-time like around Christmas sometimes. But I was earning maybe four to six hundred pounds a month, which was like, I think it was more than what I was earning or similar to what I was earning from my client sessions at the time. But I just felt again that, that pull to leave Sainsbury's because I think it was affecting my health as well. Just being on my feet all day, I was really struggling with my health at that point and for the years afterwards. I was rushed at meal times. I was dealing with like stressful customers who were just shouting in my face. And I was working till like 11 o'clock at night sometimes. So it, it wasn't good for my health, but I was getting that consistent paycheck every month, which was allowing me to get the nice food and the supplements and actually my treatment. So I took a bit of a risk and I did have that safety net of my parents if I ever needed it, which was also good. Um, but I actually saw massive increases in my income from doing that so I actually didn't need my parents to support me at that point because I I think it like I can't remember exactly but it massively increased and I can even see it looking back over the years on my business um statements and everything that leap actually that money came back to me like probably tenfold like <laughs> five to tenfold um over time so yeah it just goes to show if you if you trust your girl and obviously you don't want to be stupid if you've got a mortgage to be paying for and you're in credit card debt but if you're in a situation like me sometimes just listening and making that jump it actually motivates you to um, get outside your comfort zone a little bit and the results can happen after that do you love coffee but have been told it's bad and needs to be avoided if you're struggling with hormone imbalances like acne pms and period problems honestly most coffee out there should be avoided because the majority are contaminated with things like mold and pesticides, which can drive inflammation and those feelings like anxiousness and jitteriness after drinking. But what if I told you there was a coffee option that tastes great, is organic and mold free, and also provides healing properties from reishi mushroom spores? Enter Organo King Coffee, my latest obsession. I didn't drink it for years because it would always wreck my sleep and leave me feeling like an anxious mess. But King Coffee does the exact opposite. Don't worry, it's not one of those fake coffee alternatives 
made from herbs. And if you've tried other mushroom coffee brands out there, I promise this one actually tastes good and is way better and provides so many more health benefits. If you haven't already heard of the benefits of reishi mushroom or Ganoderma, then let me give you a quick overview. It's known as the king of medicinal mushroom family due to its superpowers such as supporting healthy immune balance and being an adrenal adaptogen. This means if your immune system's overactive due to autoimmunity, or suppressed because of things like chronic infections, and you're not really sure if your cortisol levels are high or low, the ratio can help to balance things out and it promotes homeostasis within the body. It's also antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal, anti-inflammatory, pretty much everything that we want from a product. Because of its potency, I'd recommend starting slowly if you're someone who's struggling with more complex chronic health issues or is sensitive. If you're thinking, why can't I just take a reishi mushroom supplement? Good question. Organo use a patented process to gently crack the inner and outer shell, offering 99% bioavailability of the reishi mushroom spores. I also explain this as being like the differences with probiotics. The regular lactobacillus, bifidobacterium options that we can all buy readily in health food shops have some benefit, but nowhere near as much as the spore-based probiotics that I use all the time with clients. Wanting to give Organo King Coffee a try for yourself? Visit vivanaturalhealth.myorganogold.com. This will all be spelled out and linked in the episode show notes and also my bio link on Instagram. I really hope you love it as much as I do, but now let's get back to the show. And then since that point, I've done a few extra trainings. So always every year I did, um, especially in the first few years, I did a lot of in-person stuff. I traveled down to London. I've been to seminars with like Dr. Carrie Jones, um, Angela Heap, who's a friend and has been on here as well. They did a talk at the Gestational uh, Journey Summit in London. I've been to ones on the microbiome. I've heard the, the owners of Microbiome Labs speak, um, Kieran Krishnan. And yeah, I, I was really invested and I was just learning so much all the time. BioCura Company would do a lot of in-person seminars and I hosted a few of them um, with them. So I just like sign people in and have people come up if they had any questions, hand things out. So I did a lot of in-person stuff, a lot of training, a lot of webinars. I signed up to all different supplement companies, pure encapsulations, watched all of the webinars on the website. Um, so that's where a lot of my additional knowledge has come from, that and podcasts and books. So finding people, I think back in the day, it was like Chris Cresser, um, those type of people just really learning about functional medicine at the time. Um, but then the big thing that I did was a lot of personal development work. I've really realized, I've heard it before, but running a business is like the biggest self-development journey you will ever go on. And the more that I invest and work on my myself through my mindset, especially things like money mindset, being seen, fear of being judged, my business has improved as a result as well. Because I could be learning all of these strategies and sales funnels and protocols for clients, but if I'm not telling people about my services, if I am not going on my stories, if I'm not doing podcasts, how is anyone going to find me? And if I have money mindset issues, which I definitely do, and I feel like a lot of women in particular have issues like this, because we're told that like, the men's going to save you and you just need to find like a rich husband and then you'll be fine. Or what if I make all of this money and then lose it and can't support myself? Like, what will people say? I've had to work on all of that stuff um, to be able to to earn more and have that reflect all of the money that I've spent. So I've, I've spent probably hundreds of thousands on my training, my health, lab tests, supplements, figuring it all out, being my own guinea pig, healing myself. And all of that knowledge is then what I pass on to clients in a much more condensed and personalized way. They're not just paying me for my time that hour. They're paying me for the past few years, my clinical experience, my knowledge, my trainings, all of that, they're, they're investing in themselves to get that knowledge from me. So in the business lecture from CNM, the, the college, it was really just like pay, charge 50 pounds an hour or average what other people do um, and, yeah, just have just get more customers through the door and even the acupuncturist guy and my family like my mum and dad they were saying just oh isn't that a bit too much when I put my prices up to like a hundred pound they were like oh like, are you sure about that um are people gonna buy and 
yes, they did. And I just, I knew that I was just going to burn myself out. And throughout this whole journey, my number one priority has been my health. I would never risk my health again. Um, not that work triggered it in the first place. It was for other other reasons. But I knew that anytime I'd be stressed or if I was up working late on a project till midnight, that was actually that wasn't actually going to be productive or a good thing for me. So I've always put my health first. And if I've ever felt like I'm pushing too much, I will back off because I know how valuable that is. And I know if I don't take care of myself, my business won't be successful. Full, I won't thrive. And my clients aren't going to get good results either. Whereas if I fill up my own cup, if I get regular massages, if I go to the gym, if I eat good quality food, my brain is going to be clearer. I'm going to be able to focus on the session. I'm not going to be forgetting things all the time. I'm going to be more tapped into my intuition and have clearer messages come through. And yeah, everyone benefits as a result. So yes, my prices have increased over the years. And I would say you should have that too. It should reflect your experience. It should reflect the trainings that you've done and also the value of the transformation. So it's not like other industries where you're charging trading time for hours. So like, oh, if this senior for an hour, so that's 50 pounds, that's not going to work in this type of career where you're giving your energy and you think of someone who gets rid of their lifelong bloating, they would pay <laughs> any number to to get that fixed. So it obviously has to be, this was one of the questions I get, like how to price things properly. It obviously has to be a stretch for the, the customer or the client. But for you, it also has to reflect what your value is and the value of the transformation that the person's going to get, not just how long you're on the call with them for. Just forget about you. Like Think about what you're offering them. And you can, by all means, have a look at what other similar people in your industry are charging, and it's going to increase over time. You can't go out charging hundreds or thousands of pounds for um, an hour of your, your time, but you want it to be something that you're happy with, a push for the customer or the client because that is going to get them results as well. It's going to make sure they're, they're invested and they're stepping outside of their comfort zone a little bit. But I always have realized whether I'm charging £50 per hour or £500 per hour, there's always going to be people happy to pay. There's always going to be people who aren't willing to. They think it's too expensive. So you're going to get setbacks and questions about it whatever you're charging so it just has to be something that you're comfortable with obviously not an extortion amount it should be something that you honestly like feel that that product or service is is worth but yeah it's just a little bit on the the pricing and you do get more comfortable with it over time um and anytime i put my prices up i've always felt like oh should i be doing this and then i'm like i i make a list of what the person is getting out of this and how it's literally going to change their life to have someone fast track their healing and it's going to save them probably decades of going down the NHS route with the health problems and getting no answers and even the difference between two practitioners, maybe two people who studied at the college that I studied at. It was a little bit annoying to me because I really excelled and tried my absolute best with all of the exams and everything and I know other people in my class were like copying or cheating or just weren't that interested in everything. But we, we both left with the same qualification. So to me, that's a little bit annoying. Um, but I just had to like kind of get over that and just think like people are eventually going to find out. Um, and if you look at what some of those people are now with the, the um, business, it's not comparable. So you just have to stay in your own lane, do the best that you can. Um, but yeah, just know out there, even if you've been to a practitioner before, there's a completely there can be a different range of different caliber of practitioner, even if they both have the same qualification. So let me see what other questions I had um from Instagram. Oh, I was gonna say as well, after the personal development stuff that I've done, the CPD events, all of that, I've done a couple of other courses as well along with this, the self-development, personal development work that's been a huge factor. I did a mineral um, training course. So that's how I learned to interpret it, interpret the HDMA test, which is the Hertzian Mineral Analysis. I did that course maybe in 2019, yeah, maybe 2019, 2018. And 
now I run my mineral course. So I took that information and my years of clinical experience now and made it a course that allows the average person to get a test, balance their minerals naturally. But also if you're a practitioner or a student and you want to understand the mineral test, um, you don't get any sort of certification afterwards, but you you're, you are trained and skilled to understand that report. I ran that earlier this year and it's going to be opened again for enrollment maybe July, August time in 2023. And there's a wait list on my website. If you want to sign up to that, I would recommend you'll be first to know when the next round is out. And then I've done another course on um, running a business. So it was a feminine business course, just learning about how to not um, like hustle too hard and wreck your hormones in the process, how to do things a little bit slower. And um, there was some useful things in there, not like life changing. I, I knew a lot of it already, but it is good to have mentors and, and containers that you're in and be constantly learning. That's something that I really think has helped with my success is constantly being just a, a, a learner in life and never thinking that you know too much or that you know everything and getting in these containers with people who are doing what you want to do or have been there go to them and ask them and find out how they got to where they are instead of trying to figure it out all on your own I could have saved so much time if I would have invested in some of these coaches and programs early even with my health stuff trying to instead of trying to do it all on my own um, that's why I decided to just become a practitioner because I just wasn't getting um, the support that I needed and I knew that this stuff was so powerful and I wanted to teach other people. So they were the two main courses that I have done. Um, and then lots of other free stuff, lots and lots of podcasts and books. So in the question section, someone asked um, that in the USA, so I think they've heard me talk about CNM before. I think CNM is now available in other countries if you do the online version. So definitely check that if you're interested but then I know in the US, you have different titles for things. You don't really have naturopathic nutritionists over there. You guys have naturopathic doctors, which we don't have in the UK. But out of the ones that I've seen, I think the NTA, the Nutritional Therapy Association practitioner, and the FDN, Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Practitioner, are two that I would probably resonate most with. And a few colleagues I know have been through those courses and... They work in similar ways to me. So maybe look into those two, but I've not done them personally, so I can't give major feedback or advice. And then I have heard of one called IIN, the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. And I think that was just coming out around the time that I was looking to study, but I didn't look into it too much, but it seems like you just learn a lot about different types of diets, things like fasting and veganism and keto and macrobiotic diets instead of really looking at the root cause and being able to order lab tests and stuff again it might have changed but I I wasn't massively drawn to that and I just think it's a really heavily marketed certification and I don't know if it's that great but I'm not sure if you have had experience and you love it please let me know next question is what's the main way that you get clients so I would say the podcast is a big one so I've started I started that when was that maybe a year or so after I graduated, maybe 2018. Yeah, maybe been 2018. Um, that's a huge one. So I've done so many expert guest interviews, so so many solo episodes, and the consistency is really important with the podcast. I think I had weekly episodes for about three years, and then I had a year break in 2022, and then I brought it back this year. And again, it's every Monday. You can expect an episode. I think that has really helped. Just having you in someone's ears for at least an hour instead of just scrolling past some stories on Instagram or to be able to really educate someone on a deep subject from a few Instagram posts. It's just not the same. And Instagram posts can get lost in the algorithm or after it's got, been through the top level of the grid, you've pretty much missed it. And you can repurpose that content. But with things like podcasts, I've put mine on YouTube as well. And if someone searches... PCOS and like gut health and things like that they, they can more easily find the episode from years ago some people are still commenting and sharing episodes that I did in 2020 uh, because the useful information and when you have guests on they share your podcast with their audience as well so it's a good good way to get 
more visibility and the more likes and comments and subscribes that you get as well it really does help and this is your reminder if you've not left me a five-star review please do and then social media um definitely as well and there's a few more different options available now really it was just instagram back when i started but then there's things like pinterest and tiktok that have taken off and you don't want to try and master them all just stick to one facebook for example if you're just starting now i don't really think that that unless your audience is more in that older generation they might be on facebook a little bit more but the people that i work with tend to not be so being on social media and trying to show your face and showing behind the scenes of things and letting them get to know you a little bit and definitely educate them but just tell stories as well and show more about your life and what you're eating for dinner and um, build that low like know and trust factor which is key for when you do then promote something or come to sell something it's not just that you're constantly sell 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 all the time and if you are struggling with something be vulnerable you might want to wait until you're after the you're over the the worst of it just so you can get some clarity sometimes I do that I go through something and I need to understand it a little bit before I share but I always share about my struggles and it doesn't put people off if anything it, it draws people closer to you because they feel like they can resonate and connect with you not that you're this like goddess on a pedestal that never got never gets any health issues has never struggled they're not really gonna vibe with you as much so you obviously don't want to be crying on your stories every day and in this victim mentality but if you are like last week I had a really tough time like my skin was breaking out or my digestive issues were coming back a little bit but I figured it out here's what I did that's really gonna help someone feel more connected to you and always focus on education and giving give your best tips and information for free and then people are going to be like wow if, if she's sharing all of this stuff for free like what am I going to get inside of her paid containers next question is Oh, I kind of answered this before. So tips on being a health practitioner if you have struggles of your own. So just know that most of us have health issues or have had health issues. That's why we get into it in the first place. And just be honest. Like I just said, let people know what you're working on. And remember that you only have to be a few steps ahead of someone to help them. So you don't have to know everything about the condition or be completely healed because that's not even possible to being perfect health. It's a constant work in progress there's always things to be working on even with myself I'm in so much of a better state than I was but it's not like I can stop doing everything I'm always working on the next things I get regular blood tests and lab tests every year to keep on top of it but you don't need to be the master of everything you just have to know a few more things than they do and a lot of the time it comes back to the basics just reminding people and working on that mindset with them as well is a, is a big thing so just know that you can still have a successful business if you're struggling but also it could be that you should actually focus on yourself for a little while before if you're if you really can't function you're struggling with fatigue actually setting up a business and giving your energy all day long to someone else could just be a bit too much at the moment so if you give yourself a few months off to really build yourself back up if you can manage this financially or if you even get a little part-time job that takes no brain power at all um then that could give you the the space to build yourself up a little bit and then you can come back a little bit stronger and help others but it just depends on the the situation someone asked what certifications do you recommend that are actually beneficial to do and do you think it's always necessary to become a health practitioner she said there's a lot of mainstream certifications that don't teach or come from a place um, that actually help with things like the root cause that's the thing. I'm I'm not an expert in this area because I, I haven't looked into it for a while. I'm just sharing what I did. But I agree that there's a lot of these certification these days, but you just have to do something that you resonate with. And if you hear about something and they're talking about something that you have been looking into, just, just listen, pay attention. Don't jump into something straight away. Like research the person. Where did they study? What are they teaching? Um... But the reason that I decided to go to somewhere like CNM is because it's a, a very like established college. It's won all of these different awards. And my at the end of it, I will be a registered nutritional therapy practitioner. I'm under a governing body called BANT, British Association of Naturopathic, uh, of Nutritional Therapy, sorry. 
So I just felt a little bit more protected with that because as it is, the nutritionist title is a little bit like confusing, a little bit all over the place, but um, it maybe is changing, but especially like the health coach thing, you have to be mindful as well that um, that's not going to be totally recognized. And it's that whole thing again of, of quality. There might be two health coaches. One of them is like really knows this stuff and is looking at the root cause stuff, but you're, you might be put under that same category as someone who's literally just done like a two week online like food plan training um so yeah i would say like do your research um you can still help people even without the qualification but i don't know if i'd recommend that honestly i think get the certification of some kind and then do more of that research because i don't know now of a course that offers everything like looking at parasites and root cause and all of that unfortunately um how to get started um someone asked I think you did basically just do it and that's something that I did in 2017 I knew as soon as I qualified I wanted to start practicing some people were having a year off having a few months break and I just thought if I'm not going to do it now I probably never will and I'll just procrastinate forever so I just get started on my website and um I'd already been doing a bit of blogging and social media while studying so if you can do that that'd be good as well just to build yourself up so that by the time you qualify you have people ready waiting to, to sign up from you that can always be good but don't look into like your logo or your brand colors or anything like that too much because it really isn't relevant you just have to start teaching and educating and sharing your knowledge with people and asking them to work with you even if you have to do a free a few free sessions just to get some testimonials out there and you don't have to do a full-blown website you can just have a landing page or a Facebook page or something like that, or an Instagram profile with a, a calendar attached to it that people can book in. Um, but then I still think it's useful having a website, especially if you've got things like blog posts, you can put them all in one place and have a about me section, all of that. But it's not necessary for everything to be absolutely perfect. I built my first website on my own and that I only changed that last year, I think, or the year before to, um, to get someone to do it professionally. So I was changing my software and everything. So don't overthink it. Just get started. You can learn as you go and you're never going to know it all. So you can try and learn things on your own. I did a lot of things through YouTube, just spending all day, just trying to figure it out when if you've got the money to outsourcing can be yeah, really helpful. Um, anything more? Someone asked, is there any short courses? I don't know. Um any off the top of my head apart from cnm do a few short courses but you could always do the cnm full-time one or another full-time course for the certification instead of dragging it out over three years like i did what's the most difficult part this is the final question of running a business i miss having in-person colleagues and over the past few years i had made a few more connections um, that I know there's practitioners nearby now I can meet up with them we can have like a zoom session and chat to people all day long with my clients and doing podcasts but actually having a group in person like when I worked at Sainsbury's I had a few friends that worked there and it was just fun like the job was mind-numbingly boring but yeah it's nice having a little community but I've tried to make that thing on the online space as well like I have a um, a client community now and I'm trying to make that more of a thing we have like these group coaching calls on a quarterly basis and I'm just trying to connect them together because it can be a little bit isolating when you're on a health journey and also when you have a business and you work from home on your own and it's just you you don't have a business partner or anything like that and I have to make that conscious effort to get out of the house because some days in the past I've just spent all day inside and then I wonder why I'm feeling um like I'm going crazy or I feel really stressed and anxious and have no energy. So I have um, time to go for a walk, go to the gym. Um, and if there are any seminars and things in person, I'll go to them if they're local. But it's also more convenient to do some things online. So I have a pretty good balance now. Um, so that's a difficult thing. But also the self-motivation. You don't have anyone telling you what to do day to day. So you have to make sure that you are getting things done at the end of the day like it's your responsibility to have a plan and have things that you're working on so I can struggle with that sometimes just having knowing that there's like a million things that I could be doing but not knowing exactly which one to do now or not knowing when to stop in the day 
like you could just be working forever or you could just be like oh I can do that tomorrow or it's sunny outside so let me just go out and sunbathe all afternoon there's a, a fine line that I'm still working on and also wearing all of the different hats in the business as well especially in the beginning I was like my website designer and my social media person and my accountant and my um I was the practitioner I was writing all the protocols I was doing all my emails I was just everything and it can be a lot and it can be a little bit overwhelming but I did everything in the beginning and it's good to know and understand certain things like how to move an image on your website just in case it all goes wrong one day and no one's there to help you but then I just with the podcast even I just outsourced that to Kira who's editing this now um, she does an amazing job and that's that's just something that I could not fit in into my schedule anymore um, and at the time I was like oh is, is this going to be a good decision can I let go of it because I do have some controlling tendencies but after doing that I'm like I couldn't never like how did I even do that before like I just couldn't take that back on as a task anymore um, and yeah I want to do the same thing eventually with like email stuff and helping with creating courses it's just as your business gets bigger, you you have to outsource for it to be able to grow. But even the, the hiring process, the training process, it does take time. And I can attest to the, the statement that people say, you want to do it before you're desperate. You want to do it when things are going okay. Um, because if you're desperate, it's just going to be a nightmare to hire someone, train them. And then if it's not a good fit, like that's a whole thing. So I think that's everything for now. It's been a quite a long episode and I will happily do a part two part three if you need if you need that but I hope you find that useful sorry if some things were a little bit up in there like I can't give you a specific answer um and at the end of the day it's your life you have to do the research as well but I thought I hope you found my experience useful I am like I said an affiliate for CNM so if you want to sign up after hearing what I said so many of my clients and people on social media have signed up because they know that I've studied there and they're enjoying it. it can be a little bit challenging, but yeah, they just they just have taken that intuitive hit again and they have followed the gut feeling. So yeah, if you're a student listening and you've been a client, then good on you for following your intuition. And that's exactly how I got into this as well. I was the student and then I became the practitioner afterwards. Um, and I'm currently still offering mentoring sessions. So if you're a student, you want to learn more about setting up your practice after graduating or you're a new practitioner or an experienced practitioner, you want to learn about certain areas a little bit more, then I do offer mentoring sessions, just one-off ones if you need them. I record them. Um, you can ask your questions directly to me. So let me know if you're interested in that. Just send me a DM on Instagram or an email. And my mineral course I said before it's opening again July August this year if you are a student practitioner you want to learn more about HDMA and mineral balancing then that could also be a good option for you as well so I hope you enjoyed this episode again a bit of a different one but I can finally release this and answer your questions that you guys have been asking for quite a long time so enjoy the rest of your day wherever you're at and yeah excited to join you back here next week for another episode I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, I would love for you to leave me a rating and review on your podcast app, as this helps to support the show and it allows it to reach more people with this valuable information. Come and say hi over on Instagram. I'm at Viva Natural Health. And if you haven't already, check out my website, vivanaturalhealth.co.uk for tons more free resources and to discover how I could support you further. I currently offer one-on-one -on -one consultation packages if you want my top level support, then more affordable group programs and self-paced online courses. So there really is something for everyone. If you're ready to change and get some answers but aren't sure which option would be best, take that first step today and apply for a free enrollment call on my website and we'll discuss the best steps for you to take in order to achieve hormonal harmony. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll see you back here next week for another episode.